Splinter Business Stories. Hello, my dear community, and happy, happy, happy new year! I know my podcasts usually start with some sarcasm and reflection of the stupidity of this world, but today is a different story. It's already 2020, and the first week of this year is perfect time to summarize our achievements and fails and make an analysis of everything that was going on one year before. 2019 was a good year for me. I finally started making videos, something I always loved doing, but never had enough recklessness and courage to put it all out there. I started this podcast, it's been a couple of months and I truly enjoy sharing stories and bringing some moments of joy and relaxation to your workspaces. I finally took care of Cadaret, the company that always existed in offline space, and I had the most epic client of all the times. This client gave me stress, true uncertainty, business hustles and ghost chasing. I'm looking forward to sharing more. But before we plunge into the craziness of 2019, I want to wish you a happy new year. We all are different. We all have different schedules, life paces, habits and environments we find cozy and comfortable. But New Year is probably the only day in the calendar which is celebrated regardless. Someone creates their resolutions, someone cries over missed opportunities, someone remembers good things, someone commemorates loved ones which are not with them anymore. But we all are waiting for a miracle. This is just a feeling. We want something new, different. We want a new year to take all the fails and sorrows and magically turn them into happiness and success. I frankly want everyone to experience somewhat a new year miracle. Whether it's an accidental discovery of a lost phone or cure from a long-lasting disease, I heartily wish everyone to have this miracle. We deserve to be humans and I wish us all to meet more humans on our life path. I also wish you the realization of your ideas. Because there is nothing sadder than the cemetery of the gone potential and buried ideas. Trust me, your fellow IT comrade has been there. I did not like what I saw. And uh, well, I guess my Slavic soul wants to get a glass of champagne still even though the new year has already passed and continue the celebration. But no, I will not do it. (laughs) At least not right now. I must finish this episode. Back to the lessons learned. Well, lesson number one. You really can handle more than one job. I'm serious. In 2019, I found myself having two full-time jobs and one side project. The trick was in working eight hours at one of my jobs during the daytime and eight other hours during the nighttime and handling side project during the weekend. And let me tell you something. Once I started, it seemed impossible to me. I felt like a zombie. I was working, 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 working. I stopped having my life, my sleep, my understanding of reality. But then one month passed 
another one, and another one, and I found myself having a couple of spare hours to procrastinate, do shopping, and have fun with friends and family. This moment I still do not understand, because I cannot physically imagine how it's possible to work 16 hours a day if you are not Elon Musk and not to have any day off at all. It's possible. If you have to focus on your self-development, or if you seriously need to take care of your company, business, studies, you definitely can do it. Your organism resources can give you this unlimited time of creating and producing. If you are driven by something, you can do impossible. But then, there comes lesson number two. Burnout is real. Yes, this is right. It's possible to work 16 hours a day for many, many, many months. But then your organism will stop you from total exhausting. Whether you want it or not, one day you will wake up and understand you can do nothing. That day happened to me when I literally fainted in my kitchen, holding a glass of water which I meant to drink because I felt dizzy. Fortunately, it ended up well for me, but I had to rethink my schedule. Because even though I was used to working at the extreme levels, I understood at that moment that I could put my health to danger. And I reduced the time of work firstly to 12 hours a day, maintaining a full-time position during daytime and having part-time business role at another company, and having some occasional business activity on my own agency. And I fully erased any work-related activity from my weekends. It took me a month to get back on track. So this lesson is more about taking care of yourself and your own well-being. Always put yourself first. No matter how alluring the opportunity is, always give yourself a space to relax. You physically need it and you will understand it once you are at that line and once you are at that particular point. Lesson number three. Sometimes they come back, but for good or bad? Well, from the title of this lesson, you might have thought I'm talking about access, and nope, your girl is no drama girl, so I am, of course, talking about clients. Well, if access always come back and it never for good, clients sometimes come back and occasionally you can work something out. Unlike your ex, whom you can easily send to hell, you can't really say to your client what you think about him, even if you want. It's not ethical, and who knows where your business life brings you in the future. It's better to try to stay neutral. But oh my gosh, this year, I had the most insane client of all the years. Of course, no names, no addresses, no people will be here. I value NDA and my personal moral principles. This client came back to me after a couple months of project negotiations. It was a pretty tech company that needed very specific services on messaging and general marketing, so a little bit of everything, from ads to branding. I do not like such projects, honestly because it's very, very hard to bring yourself and your client to the same page of understanding what result is expected. But here is a problem 
and it was not in the project. The problem was in actual clients, people behind the company. They were the biggest conspirators I have ever met. I mean, I do not expose my personal life too and I respect privacy, but how can you not leave any trace on the internet? No social media, no LinkedIn, no phone number. How can you live like this in 2019? Drama continues. So, clients sometimes come back. Great lesson. How about the next lesson? Lesson number four. Always trust your guts. I thought something was wrong when I got myself involved, but you know, I'm from Eastern Europe. It's not just hard to scare me, it's nearly impossible. Only Black Cat or Friday 13s can, but definitely not a group of big guys with no social media profiles. Well, yeah, I am a bit crazy when it comes to business, I do agree. So, I met with these lovely people. Though they were full of business bullshit, but since they accepted my terms and conditions, I was okay. One biggest lesson, which you can only learn when you are doing business. Always take 100% payment in advance. In this way, you will always be at the leading position. Always. So, back on track. I started working. Have you ever experienced strange schedules and phone calls from all over the USA? I did. From day one, I tried to bring them on board for my meetings and I rarely had an opportunity to talk to the person who was in charge. He was always away, always in Argentina, in Mexico, in California, in Alaska. I found myself dealing with a young secretary who was still a college kid and who wore leggings and crop top to her office. This picture of a young blonde leggings girl reflecting on marketing KPI, not knowing what KPI is, just blows my mind every time I remember it. Lesson number six. Confidence opens up all the doors and saves your burning butt. <laughs> that is so true. Continuing the topic of mysterious client of mine, Sometimes I got in touch with their team, and our meetings were harsh. I listened a lot of comments on my skills and my results. I listened a lot of comments on my approach and my creativity. I listened a lot of comments on my documentation and how complicated from legislative point of view my contract was. Thanks, I specially made sure I'm fully covered. So. The only thing that saved me from disaster was the confident I was talking with them. When you handle five big angry guys alone, you either find new levels of your bullshitting abilities or you screw up. I was Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Ellen DeGeneres, Barack and Michelle Obama, Conan and the whole crew of Saturday Night Live all together in order to avoid the project closure. And every time it worked. Because no one can oppose confidence. You just can't. Lesson 7. Always deliver. I personally never had a problem with this one. It's probably a reminder. I delivered my project as it was described in the documentation and no one had questions. 
But before my deliverables were accepted, I had to ask this mystic client about 120 times to come to a meeting and discuss the project results. I was all wrong. I was the only one who insisted on having a demo call so I could make some edits and changes. I was the only one who was watching the deadline and making sure the actual marketing efforts went alongside with their business. If you are in consulting, you know that normally it works totally oppositely. Lesson number eight. Make a choice which is better for you. After two weeks of seeking the final approval, I finally got it from a lovely secretary girl on the phone and I announced that this project is done and I'm not going to work with this company again. It was my choice of staying balanced and avoid the stress of working with people who do not give me comfort. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, what time is it? Story time! Well, honestly, the story time was before, the story of my one epic client who was hiding and running away from me. From authorities, not only from me, maybe from colleagues, from his own clients. I don't know, well, he was running away. I don't know from whom. I didn't have too many fail stories in 2019 because it was a good year for me, truly good one. But a lot of stories were going around and of course one of them is we work epic story. I'm sure that most people who are listening to this podcast, they're in tech, and if they're in tech, they definitely know WeWork, this company that pretends to be a tech company when actually they sell spaces for work to many, many offices that maybe do not even need these offices. Well, I don't know. Basically, everybody knows this story, and I will be glad to tell it to you one more time just for you to learn some crazy details which you might have not noticed. This one is an epic story. The story of Newman, the story of CEO who used company funds to purchase properties around the globe and then sold them back to the company with a crazily high margin. The story of founder who trademarked the word we and made it commercial. The story of a founder who received $125 million as a consultant and got $1 billion just to resign. Do you call it epic fail or epic success? Well, honestly, as for me, I call it the absence of any responsibility sense. When this scandal just broke out, we work still hope to get more attention and stay on track. So the first couple weeks after their IPO was withdrawn, WeWork started posting a crazy number of jobs with ridiculously high salaries, which of course brought many naive and alert tech guys and girls to wonder if this was a good idea to join the company. And it wasn't, because already at the end of November, WeWork announced a layoff of more than 2,400 jobs globally, which means that right now 2,400 people are left with nothing. WeWork is our biggest, biggest, biggest blow 
of 2019. It's probably the biggest bubble that burst. So what is our lesson? Firstly, stay honest. Honesty brings a bit more of order to this chaotic world and makes you a better version of yourself. It's true, this world is tired of sneaky people and sneaky CEOs. Secondly, do not easily get alert by big bucks. Money comes and goes. But if you, at some point, find yourself dealing with shady clients who are working on shady people, at the end of the day, it doesn't worth it. You will lose anyway. was a pretty interesting year and I'm sure for everyone 2019 brought something new. I had my losses, I had my gains, I had missed opportunities, I had good catches, as anyone on this planet. In 2020 I want to wish you all health, no matter how great your plans are. If you have a severe cold, you won't be able to accomplish anything until you recover. Sometimes small details such as sore throat or cough can jeopardize the lifetime opportunity. I'm not even talking about serious diseases many of people struggle with every day. I want you to stay healthy. I want you to be obsessed with your ideas. I want you to have a dream of your own. I want you to try a new dish and discover a new country. I want you to fall in love it might be the worst or the best thing that happened in your life. I want you to fall in love again if you already have your significant one. I want you to speak up when you see injustice happening. I want you to find and return somebody's phone and see the sparkle of hope in their eyes. I want you to stay honest with yourselves. Don't do something you don't want or don't like. Don't meet with people who you can't stand. Don't waste time reading a boring book. <laughs> Start learning a new language. Well, about that. One my old, old, old Turkish friend once said, you can't learn English without knowing the taste of a tongue of a lovely English girl. <laughs> well, <laughs> it means you should be open for new adventures. Happy New Year! Merry Christmas if you celebrate it on 7th of January. And oh, happy, happy old new year. Some people will still celebrate in two weeks. <laughs> bizu, bizu. It was Anita, it was Splinter Business Stories. And we are hitting 2020 pretty hard. So just hold on and let's see what this year brings to us. Bizu, bye-bye and see you very soon. Splinter Business Stories